2: welcome to the featured anime podcast i'm your host jack
1: and i'm rick
2: and today we're talking about grimoire of zero and uh this was my choice this week
1: indeed and a good choice it was
2: i'd like to think so uh it was uh 12 episodes long aired april 2017 ran all the way through june same year uh producers for it were lantis half hp studio uh happenet pictures infinite Uh, studio for it was white Fox. It's a genres are action, adventure, magic, and fantasy.
1: Definitely a lot of fantasy. Um, I would say there's a lot of stereotypes that go on in this one.
2: Yes. Overall, I feel like it was a great show. I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining for what it was. But beyond that, it's not something I would really want to see a season two of.
1: I agree with that. The way they left it, it didn't really, it felt like they understood it was a a one-off. It it wasn't, they didn't strive for a season two. They weren't really going for it. And I appreciated that from, from this series. Yeah,
2: it was, it was definitely, it, it definitely had a bookend it gave that conclusion with
1: <laughs> a grimoire. end
2: yeah if they really <laughs> wanted to come back and do a second season they do have that ability they do have that uh opening so to speak to do so but it's it'd be hard pressed to do it
1: yeah i don't think that uh, it, eh, it wouldn't be entertaining I mean, if I'm being completely honest, any f- anything further than what it already is, I don't think it would be entertaining because the story just would not be there.
2: Right. And, and I honestly have to agree with you on that.
1: As it stands, the story that we're presented with, I feel is a unique look at how magic in itself is in this particular universe or, or anime-verse, if you will. And... Magic and sorcery are two different things. And I never really got, I I don't know, an understand, a clear grasp. They explained it three or four times. Maybe I'm just dense on the matter, but I couldn't tell if all magic came from a contract or if it, I don't know, because sorcery, the way they explained it, you basically draw a circle, do an incantation, and you're able to summon a particular entity or demon. Magic, on the other hand, requires a sacrifice with no seal, with nothing there. And and you're taught from this person, uh, Zero, who happens to be the main character. But when Zero's doing the magic, she's not sacrificing anything. She's not giving an offer up, and she's not uh, really using any words. She's just making gestures.
2: Right, which is interesting, because everyone else... It, at least in the beginning, it gives the appearance that they're they're having to do a small sacrifice of something to perform these spells, and they do these incantations. Whereas if zero doesn't, which I think is really kind of messed up, that they don't go into the depth. For that they don't explain why zero is able to do that whereas if everyone else isn't but at the same time you're you're introduced or or uh, not introduced but the other characters that do these incantations also at the exact same time will randomly be able to do the spells without the incantations
1: yeah maybe they did the it was one of those things where they did the sacrifice first and it just carried over and they able to repeat it Um, For instance, when you shoot an arrow of light, the uh, main twist character, if that's uh, a term we can use, uh, is Adlas. Albus. Sorry, Albus. I apologize. (laughs) Albus was brought forth as a boy who was trying to learn magic and trying to essentially sacrifice a really powerful creature in order to increase his magic. You find out much, much later in a twist you saw coming a mile out that Albus uh, was a girl.
2: Yeah, and and we talked about this series a little bit on the Discord, right? And and one of the uh, other uh, individuals in there, Bookish, was talking about it. And when when we had put it out there, if anyone had seen this, Bookish saw it and said it was it wasn't unenjoyable but everything that had been done had been done before and better and it felt kind of cookie cutter-ish and at the same time it was it was a blah kind of plot where you could actually see it coming it wasn't really a surprise when something happened which at first when I when I when he was saying that or when they were saying that I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. I've seen shows like that, but I wonder if this one's going to be the, like kind of the same way. And then as I was watching this, I completely understood everything, and it was like, well, this is kind of lackluster. It wasn't a bad show; it was enjoyable. I thought it was good, but it was it was kind of like we already know what's going to end up happening.
1: Like. But- that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Because you know what's... Not necessarily what you know is going to happen. You know the general arc of how everything's going to go. You don't necessarily know how it's going to take place. Right. And that, that to me was nice. Yes, it is cookie-cutter-ish. Yes, the tropes that are used have been used before. But that in and of itself kind of helped me understand the plot a little bit better. It helped me understand... The show, I guess. I didn't really have to put too much extra thought into getting where the characters are coming from. Right. The only thing that I really did not like that I saw coming a mile away was the fact that the bad guy and the good guy were kind of one and the same.
2: Yeah, I, I actually agree with you on that. The second they started referencing him and he and that Zero was looking for her compatriot 13 I was like well dollars to donuts it's the same guy and I was not disappointed in my assumption
1: for that now what I thought was a really interesting twist was that instead of 13 being him it was like the bad guy he made a contract with everybody I've never actually seen this part before. He made a blood contract with everybody that if you break it, you instantly die. Like you turn to ash, you disappear. Yep. And he made a blood contract with everyone he taught out of the grimoire of zero. Now you mentioned we, we were, <laughs> that's the name of this show as well as the zero being the main character. It's a grimoire that she wrote and she authored. Now the thing that was interesting to me is 13, mentioned to the mercenary i don't by the way did you ever actually get his name i thought he was about to say it once but she stopped him um it's uh yohai yohai okay um i'm just gonna keep calling him mercenary because that's what we remember him as
2: yeah they only really say his name maybe once in the show i think
1: okay and i also did like the fact that they're like yeah your name has power and if you give me your name i can essentially rule you yeah That was kind of cool.
2: It was, Um, they did have some interesting plot points there. There is now no getting around that. They did have interesting plot points that were different from, from a lot of the other ones that are out there. Uh, such as like the mercenary, him being a beast born as a beast. It's actually because of a curse that's placed on him. Now, one of the interesting things is zero was talking to the mercenary about this because he's the appearance of a, a tiger a white tiger says that she can see his human soul which means that even though he has the appearance of a beast he can be turned back to human and this is further reaffirmed when they when a mercenary is talking to 13 who says it is a way wh- it is easy to tell what agreement you and zero had here's this magic potion that we'll be able to get rid of that uh, curse that's on you.
1: And it wasn't necessarily getting rid of the curse so much as the potion, w- in, in which was revolutionary as far as their technology goes. You no longer need an incantation. You no longer need a spell. You just look, you, you're able to produce this thing that could just dissipate any magic that has been uh, either magic or sorcery that has been cast. And that right there was world changing. If they would have produced nineteen twenty vials per person, you, magic would have been nullified in an instant. You, it would be no use, you know.
2: Right, but it doesn't state how it's uh, properly used, so it's not like you can use it, throw it at a witch or or a wizard or whoever, and have it be uh, or or make them render them useless because it's not like that. It has to be an existing. Active spell.
1: Well, I was thinking, like, if you were to use it on a shield and have that shield block those light arrows, the shield will no longer be destroyed by said light arrows, because once they come in contact, they disappear as if they were never there. So if you were to, like, play your armor in that, you could essentially be immune to those arrows. But for how long? That is the question. There is no real um, duration. And the one time we see the spell used, it goes up in a puff of smoke. So it could be a one-use thing, and that would be really inconvenient. But let's say you had 100 vials on you. Well, that's good for 100 shots, and within 100 shots, I can guarantee those, those warriors could could bridge the gap between them and the caster. So that that has potential to be dangerous. Yeah. But I really like the fact that it... Well, I'm not going to say the, in the main clash in the final clash, but when 13 and zero actually go at one another, I noticed before they, they looked back on it, that the incantations that they were, that they were reading, essentially reciting were different. And I went, wait, maybe, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then they explained it right afterwards. And I was super happy about that, that a witch always has to cover her own back. And (laughs) zero had intentionally made verbal or written discrepancies in the spells that she wrote down but also in that same instant in that same i guess episode you find out that zero had made contracts with many many different demons or or um yeah many different contracts essentially because she learned the main name and i'm very curious if that's how she she contracted a demon and was like hey how can i make this magic And they showed her a a simple way that anyone can use magic.
2: Yeah. Which I thought was pretty good. That was one of the interesting things about this is they took it to a different view or a different way, especially in comparison to some of the other ones where we've seen or that we have talked about, where magic is not something anyone or everyone can do. It can be learned only by a select few, and then you only have a certain amount or a certain threshold of magic that you can use. This yes. kind it, of changes that thought process in that they state anyone can learn magic, and they even tell the mercenary, who's doesn't know any magic, even tell him, and they say, you too can learn magic. If you want, it'd be easy for you to learn this.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference between sorcery and magic, where a sorcery takes talent and innate ability. Magic simply takes a sacrifice, which is one of the reasons why Albus was chasing our mercenary to begin with, because the mercenary being a beast fallen has very, very useful sacrifice qualities. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I couldn't thank you. I couldn't figure that out. Um, Albus has a protector who's also a beast fallen. And upon him being almost sacrificed, one of the witches says the only thing that's not useful on a beast fallen is their scream. That means the blood, fangs, head, everything can be used. Which, one, how very resourceful. Two, dear God, how many beast fallen have they sacrificed in order to get that understanding?
2: Well, that's why Beastfallen hate witches to the extreme. Now, what's interesting is about Albus's Beastfallen protector is that he willingly, after already having become an adult, chose to become a
1: Beastfallen,
2: whereas of all the other Beastfallens, they were born
1: that way. Were they born that way or were they forcefully uh, forcefully converted?
2: Well, it would be hard for them to be forcefully converted if they're sitting in a circle and the the person's doing the incantation down on them.
1: Uh, I don't know. I just assumed that they were tied up. And it basically, they, they were essentially slaves that were purchased for that purpose for when witches decided to do that.
2: Right, but... No one would be willing to do, or majority of people, I should say, wouldn't be willing to do business with a witch because witches in general were hated across. That's why they always said beasts fallen were born.
1: Yeah, but I thought it was only a 10 year span because that's between magic and sorcery because 13 left 10 years prior and you see Serena who was the witch that started the war, essentially her death ignited everyone to come to arms essentially because she was renowned as being a good person and someone who who never wanted anything bad to happen. You know,
2: no, there's, there's reasons on why they feel like people are being born as beast fallen. And that's what they talk about. They say there was this war or you were cursed in your previous life. Or the reason why you're being born this way is because you were evil in your previous life. Or it's because you you had a tainted soul, and that's why you were born that way. And that's what they talked about.
1: Okay. I just, in my head, I guess I just assumed that they were turned because they would be much better warriors.
2: Well, take the mercenary. He was talking about him being a kid and everyone being upset at him.
1: Yeah, no, I do remember that. And I figured he was a rarity, not, not the rule.
2: No, no, but that was the rule, and they talk about it couple of different times. I mean, I I could be mistaken. I'd be more than happy to be wrong. Just throwing that out there, from my understanding, that's how it was. They're born like
1: that. Okay. Uh, it just makes my, underst- my my view of it a little bit less happy. Yeah. I thought some of them volunteered that way. No,
2: as far as we know, only one of them volunteered that way. Because all of them, are all the beast fallen are basically witch hunters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They are either way. I thought it was a really interesting concept. I enjoyed it immensely because it's kind of cool because it's kind of cool because if you look at it, the mercenaries parents were both human. So it means anybody anywhere at any time could potentially have (laughs) an animal for a child.
2: Basically, yeah which I think would really suck. I mean, like
1: just gives, gives new meaning. Are you having a boy or a girl? And the answer now is I hope I do.
2: Yeah. It's like, well, do you want that to be a beast
1: or not? No, no. I just happy, healthy human. Mm-hmm.
2: Now for a couple of things about the show is, uh, one of the other genres I feel like it, this could kind of relate to is a romance. A little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That I, I thought you were about to say slice of life. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's a, that's a really big stretch, but yeah, no romance adventure would be a good sub sub. Uh, oh shoot. What's the name of it? Sub, uh, sub category. Yeah. There you go.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, romance mainly because of zero and mercenary. They, they, are very, like at first, they're very at odds with each other, very distrustful, or at least the mercenary is. Whereas if Zero just almost completely trusts him, and as the story progresses on, you can see that they are very trusting of each other, that they get each other, like they don't have to give verbal commands or something like that, that Zero is able to just make a gesture, and he knows instantly what, she wants to do.
1: I get that. But what, what I never understood is how they were able to sync up so well.
2: Well, when you you're traveling mean? together and you're put through various situations together, it does create that bond. Now we don't know. And they never specify exactly how long they've been traveling together. You just have the idea or thought that they've been together for a traveling together for a while because it's a little unrealistic for everyone to be traveling such vast distances in the span of like 20 minutes
1: unless you're at the very end of the show
2: true but even (laughs) then you know time does go by and it's the amount of time that's going by isn't just like 20 minutes it's like half a day it's hours that go by that's
1: fair it was just unique that she was a, that zero was able to find specifically the one mercenary that wouldn't turn her away well
2: yeah could have been fate let us say
1: <laughs> yeah fate
2: fate fate alone will save us all
1: yeah fate plot armor and happenstance
2: hey plot armor is very thick sir
1: yeah, especially in this show.
2: Yes. All right. Uh, While it did have good points and and some of the bad points. I mean, overall I think it was a great show. There were some points in the animation I felt like it was a little off.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um the thing I really didn't like about the opening was when they opened the book and they flipped the pages and the pages slowly began to show an animation. That just felt kind of crude to me. It eventually grew on me. and was It was really nice, but I, it was a weird transition.
2: What I didn't care about the opening is for the opening, uh, you know, scenes, so to speak, is it basically shows you the whole show. It, it gives it an <laughs> entire breakdown for the whole show.
1: Kind of. I noticed that at the very end, yeah, on, when they're standing on the ledge, everyone in their party is there. But as people were gathering into their party, that's when they showed up on the on the end of that ledge. Like, Albus wasn't there originally. It was originally only Zero and the Mercenary. And then episode, I think, four, Albus shows up. And episode, like, I want to say eight or nine, um, their dog face, the, the, the Beastman with the wolf Hortum? shows up. Hordam? Yeah, shows up. And then uh, in the final two episodes, you've got 13 standing there as well. So I thought that was kind of, I, I enjoyed that little, oh, hey, I didn't notice that before moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, interesting. It was a nice change. I've seen a couple of uh, shows do that, especially with the openings, where it changes a little bit as the show goes on. So every, every opening scene isn't the same, which I think is nice. It's, it's a nice change. It gives you a reason to actually watch it when they make changes to it all the way throughout the series.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't make you want to skip it because you want to see if there's something new.
2: Exactly. And to see if maybe you can figure out or decipher what's going to happen in the series because of that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Although for this one it was a uh, it wasn't it wasn't hard to decipher yeah. or figure out.
1: Yeah, fairly straightforward. But I I'm really not sure we could put much more on this. What about you?
2: Uh, I honestly have to agree. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward show. It's pretty cookie cutter. All the all the way uh, through the show it is really kind of there. Yeah.
1: Not many twists and turns. <laughs> it is
2: it, really not. It uh It was kind of disappointing, but it was good. The animation was clean overall,
1: but I I would just, honestly, I would have liked to. This is an anime I would recommend somebody who has not seen many anime. This would be fresh and and good as someone who's new to the scene. (sighs) I wouldn't go that far. No, it would be. Think about it. If you didn't know any of the tropes that were going on, this would be a very good introduction because yeah. the more complicated ones you, like for instance gotcha. Haka show you yaku show and bleach right i realize we're going way off topic here but if you look at them if you if you look at the ser- the story as a whole back at like, point for point they're basically the same show but until i found until i looked at like the whole show by itself and, and made that i would I, it took me years to figure that out
2: So what's interesting about that is is they have a very specific plot device and presentation to the show that will give you an explanation and will lead you through this series as a whole. This only has 12 episodes. Those have dozens, hundreds. Okay. No, I know, but
1: but they they add up. And if you were to take this 12-episode thing and if you were to blow it up to, let's say, 24 or even 56 shows,
2: that I, that would be painful to watch. That <laughs> well, would be not, not so painful
1: to watch. <laughs> not that, necessarily this one in particular, but the same the same key points would be hit. It so would be hit, but it
2: would be painful to watch because the the key points, the plot points through this, it was basically written for a twelve episode show. I mean, like, yes, it's based off a light novel, but. How it was presented, if it was any longer, even if you took a different entire set of characters and threw them in with a slightly different story, longer than 12 episodes would be painful.
1: I, I would have to disagree only because I've seen other shows where they take some... The reason we're able to see this and go, oh, I know what's going to happen is because all the other shows we've seen that it becomes... I'm not going to say lazy writing, but a very predictable writing, but I've also, I've seen this predictable writing, this predictable scenarios in much longer running shows that I was not upset that they were so long. I think better writing and better detours, let's call them or filler episodes. Actually, no, no, I'm really happy. They didn't have too many filler episodes or actually any filler episodes.
2: Yeah. That is one redeeming quality about this. It was uh, for, for it to be uh 12 episodes long and with how it was done, it would be really painful for it to be a 12 filler episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, that's just it. That that's a really good redeeming quality. There were no fillers, not many 12 episode long shows. I can say have no filler. They almost all have like, let's go to the beach fan service.
2: Right. This, this had a different, me. different type of fan service where <laughs> <laughs> they go to a yeah. clothing star clothing oh, store God. and, uh, and Zero is trying on different dresses. Doesn't try on a whole b- bunch, just a couple different ones, but that's about it. That, so there's your fan service right there, if any uh, at all. Oh, that, if you if you want I
1: mean, to... That store clerk was fan service enough, dear Lord. Yes. <sighs> God, yeah, I was hoping we could go the entire thing without mentioning that, but... It is what it is. Yeah.
2: So, on a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate
1: this? I'll give it... What I feel it deserves as as what I am now, I would say a five. Okay. Not something special, but at the same time, not crap.
2: All right. There you go. It's average. It's middle of the road. I gave mm-hmm. it a four.
1: Of course you did.
2: Yeah, because did. it was cookie cutter. It wasn't that great. Even if I was new coming to the scene, I wouldn't think it's that great. I th- would have thought it was a easy plot point to follow and figure out more than halfway through.
1: Uh, I don't know. Oh, as someone who would be new to it, I think this would be kind of cool because the animation was there. The animation quality never faltered. I didn't have any. I, I I do try occasionally when there's a lot of action going on. I do hit the pause button to try to see if I can see any blurred images. Or, <laughs> dear lord, uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, what was it? Dragon Ball Super Resurrection of F had some pretty horrific animation pretty the movie in the theater like i I saw uh a bad copy let's call it and it was pitiful when they remastered it that was it was much much better but here i I didn't find any of that that that's why i said the animation quality was was pretty on point it was all right so it was good so next week is your choice sir well you kind of got me on that dragon ball kick so because i don't have resurrection of F. I do have Broly, so I would like next week's episode to be Super Saiyan. Oh, sorry, not yeah, yeah, Super Saiyan. Um Dragon Ball Z Super uh Broly, the movie.
2: Alright. Sounds good. Uh well that's all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed uh this week's choice. If you uh wanna Throw in a recommendation, chat us up, let us know what you thought of anything. Feel free to join us in our Discord. We do uh, tend to talk about the shows and other things in there. You could also email us and tweet at us and look at us up on Facebook. All that information's in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, that information will be in the description for you. And please leave a comment as well. We'll be happy to respond to you on there. Until next time, I'm Jack.
1: And I'm Rick, and we'll see you later.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.